0: time. As you are God One day every knee will bow Still the greatest treasure remains remains for those who gladly choose you now willingly we choose to surrender our lives willingly our knees will bow with all our hearts Every knee will bow And still the greatest treasure Remain for those Who gladly truth you now
1: Happy New Year. I broke my lapel mic, so that's why we can't have nice things. So we're on the handheld today. Today, uh, for those of you who are present, you have an opportunity to do perfect attendance 2020. If you're not here, you already blew it. But by virtue of the fact that you're here with us, you can do perfect attendance in 2020. I have uh, little confidence that any of you will. There might be one, but probably not. But we're here today, and it's a brand new decade. We're in the 20s. Whether they're roaring or not is yet to be determined. So church, what's going on? We need some updates and uh, we need to take some time to pray together, and I'm gonna begin with Deben. Give us a little update on uh, Mr. Calixto.
2: I can just use my mic, if, Gerald, if you can. Um, so, uh, so just kinda kind of a quick update. If you, most of you know already, but I don't, if you don't know, so my dad's been in the hospital for about last couple of weeks. Um, We met with the doctors yesterday, my family and I, and um, basically at this point, um, they have taken him off all of his um, pain stuff like antibiotics, things like that, Um, and so at this point, he is transitioning to hospice care. Um, I just got word from Danielle today that he is scheduled to come home tomorrow at 11, and so that's why the Oshiro is not here trying to get everything prepped um for that and so just a couple things um i know thank you so much for those of you who have visited at the hospital um if you do feel like you would like to come by after he comes home and and do a visit um maybe you just contact me but more moreover probably the oshiro's either dave or merle if you feel like you would like to stop by um at their place um yeah it's been a journey but um thank you guys so much for um your prayer and support it has really meant a lot to the family so thank you.
1: It's a different church without Raphael sitting in the back. Anyone else what's uh, what's going on?
2: I'd like prayer for my uh, sister's husband Greg. Uh, He has Parkinson's and he was in the hospital all Christmas time and Uh, just just lift them up in prayer this time.
1: Prayer for Greg.
0: Um, I'm happy to see uh, Susan recuperating really really well. Can you stand up, Susan? And a lot of people prayed for you during the time that you were um,
3: at home. Thank you for um, being with us again. Thank you. We are all very pleased as a family for your prayers. We feel God's presence, and you are stronger every day. Patrick is doing, doing wonderfully well, considering what he's going through, and that keeps the family together and strong. Thank you. Hope you continue praying until the end of the journey.
4: Good morning. About a year ago or so, I asked you all to pray for my mom. Um, On the second, she went to the doctors and got a confirmation that she has early onset Alzheimer's. So she needs a lot of prayer. She's already getting frustrated with the fact that she can't remember when she's trying to talk. And prayer for my stepdad as he tries to take care of her and his parents who also live in the house with them. So he's going to need lots of prayers. My mom's name is Daylene. His name is Steve. Thank you, Wendy. Praise God, Church. I want to thank you, everybody, who supported my ch- my child Arnold as he's in Co- he was going to Costa Rica. Without forgetting the pastor and the church, entire church for prayers and financial support. Without you, my church could not could not have gone to Costa Rica. I want pastor to pray for him as he prepared to come back to this country. Thank you all.
1: Where's our- Arnold's in Costa Rica with a uh, touring music group. Yeah, some of you helped him get there.
5: Um, I'm, I covet your prayers for uh, tomorrow. I'm gonna have a procedure done where they're gonna poke holes on my jawbone. Um, and the procedure's at 9, 10 in the morning tomorrow. I would like us to pray for my friend, Cheryl, who seemed like I pray for all the time, but <laughs> her, her daughter has gotten into it, her boyfriend has gotten into witchcraft and Satanism around a whole group of people that are into it. And I think it's affected her life seriously. And I, we've all wanted to pray for her, just get away from these people and just move onward. She's in the East Coast now, and I mean, she didn't grow up there, so I mean, it, she's kind of, you know, I the feeling is almost for get away from it is just move away again. But God bless her. It's just uh, affected her life a lot. And also for Cheryl's cat, it's almost passed away. She's had 28 cats in her life, and she's truly connected to this cat. It's like she almost might lose a, a child almost the way she's connected. But I like to pray for on these two issues. So God bless you all.
3: I would like to... Thank you, those who pray for me. I'm very well. I'm not hiding. I just have to answer an assignment for this church. I had two months of preparation for 40 days, fasting, and I started January 1st, so 40 days. That's in particularly for our church. Each one, name that I have, I lift them up. And we are in a battle, a spiritual battle. So I request, I am requesting each one, in order to be holy, let's do the fasting. Things that we love to do, we have to give it up and read the word of God. And that is my encouragement. Help me also that I will fulfill the 40 days fasting. Not on food alone, but there's a lot of things that we have to fast. Things that we're doing, not of God. And thank you very much. Thank you for those who prayed for me. I'm well. The arthritis that I'm hurting, it's no longer there. But I am careful to take care of myself. Thank you.
1: I'd like to invite you to just sink into this feeling in the room. Um, <clears throat> I'm sure you're aware of it in the stillness. It's, uh, it's a collective grief. And we feel it for uh, <clears throat> For Raphael who's uh, who's likely going to be leaving us very soon and we feel it for Greg and we feel it for Cheryl We feel it for Wendy's family for Wendy's mother we feel it for Patrick and what I'd like to invite you to do is let's stand church if you're able if you're not able to stand, that's fine, and just grab somebody's hand near you. The instructions are not difficult <laughs> Just grab somebody's hand. don't let anybody be without someone, and everybody doesn't it doesn't have to be continuous, but this is just sort of a a demonstration of our togetherness in this moment, and our our sharing in this heaviness, because we're family and uh, we love one another. So, God, we thank you for this day and your presence with us we need it we desperately need it we don't know that things are going to be okay we need you to let us know that in our heart of hearts in the midst of our pain in the midst of our uncertainty in the midst of our chaos God we need you and we need one another let the hand in ours represent the fact that we don't face life alone we pray for those who have challenges with health those who are gravely ill we commend them to you we know that they have always been and will always be in your care and you are all-sufficient, compassionate, gracious, and kind. So we thank you. Thank you for your pervasive presence in all that we experience. Amen.
6: Okay, would the kids like to come up, please? No, we might have some in the back Okay, we're going to do something a little different sometimes as kids Some people think oh what can you do? But right now There's a lot Dexter's counting and all the things he can do But there's a lot we could do as children and stuff and right now Who was missing from Children's Church? Who's missing upstairs? Um, Maya and Zara? Okay, did you hear that? Merle and Dave. Merle and Dave, they're missing, because right now they're going through a hard time. And stuff. And the whole Calixto family. And what I want to do as children, sometimes, like I said, we don't know what we could do, but there's a lot we could do. We could pray for them. Okay. So if y- any of you like to pray out loud for them, they can. You don't have to do it. Okay. You don't have to. If not, we'll pray together, okay? this is something we all could do all right dear lord god we thank you for the calixto family lord thank you for raphael and lord we just ask that you would bless them and help the whole family lord give them the peace that you can only bring and lord thank you for raphael's faithfulness lord and lord as each child here Help them to pray in their own way. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's go. Oh, the ushers, please come up for the offering. Um, Dear Lord God, thank you for your love and your care. And Lord, we ask that you use this offering to serve, to better your ministry, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: I believe
1: Turns out, crying is contagious, just like throwing up and yawning. Um, You have no clue what 2020 holds. None. In 12 months. Everything can change, in 12 minutes, in 12 seconds, everything can change. Uh, We don't have any control. We are, uh, we're all of us just along for the ride. So I thought it would be nice to uh, begin the brand new year with a series of messages about what it means that uh, we're starting over again. First, uh, this concept of restoration. And by the way, as soon as the benediction settles, Lovely and I are going to uh, head off to SFO. And we're going to have Christmas in Las Vegas with son number one. And uh, so I'm kind of excited about that. This is what it's like to have children. For those of you that don't know, the text I got this morning I can read it to you verbatim. Any chance you could loan me some cash upon arrival? (laughs) Officially tapped out. (laughs) So I responded. I said, I'll give you 20 bucks and a seat at the blackjack table. And he said, fair. Do you know what it means to be restored? I had a buddy that worked for a restoration company. Do you know what that is? When there's a fire, when there's a flood, you call the restoration company because you don't handle this stuff on your own. Smoke gets all up in the drapes. It's, it's a fine art. These people who work for restoration companies, and you go to the extended stay, right? And take a few of your choicest belongings. And the restoration company moves in, and when you come back, it's shiny and new. You don't restore yourself. And it's kind of like that in life in general and in our spiritual life, God does the restoring. We don't restore ourselves. It's not a self-improvement type of situation. Not to demean that, I'm all about it. I want to do everything I can to make me a better me. So I'm not the guy that's just sitting back on the sofa in sweatpants waiting for god to do for me what i ought to be doing for myself that's not what i'm talking about be smart about this okay and and take positive steps forward in your life because god has given you agency and capacity and all that <laughs> but some things only god can fix when there's a fire and when there's a flood It's only God that can move in and fix things for us. And it was like that for the people of God to whom the prophet Jeremiah spoke, his original audience. Because over uh, the course of a couple of hundred years, things had gone from bad to worse. And Israel had a civil war of sorts and... The tribes in the north separated from the tribes in the south. And the tribes in the north got busted up by the Assyrian empire and carried off into captivity. And then the Assyrians got busted up by the Babylonians. And the Babylonians thought it would be cool to ransack the southern tribes. And to carry them as prisoners of war to Babylon. And it was to those folks who were living in a strange land. Who'd been ripped from everything that was near and dear to them. It was to those people that the prophet Jeremiah came and said, it ain't so bad. God's going to do something. And I can only imagine those folks in that situation rolling their eyes and saying, where's this God that you're talking about? All I see is the desolation of being a prisoner of war. Jeremiah says, chapter 31 and verse 1, at that time, Time, and that time is TBD, right, to be determined. But at that time, says the Lord, I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. The 12 tribes who've been separated by civil war and dispersed through a time of political and economic instability, you all will come back together. You'll be one happy family. Thus says the Lord, verse 2, and we're going to encounter a series of images that I want for us to just camp on for a moment. Here's the first one in verse 2. Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. Restoration for you in 2020 may be finding grace in the wilderness. Those who survived the sword implies that others did not. Some died in captivity. Some never saw the return of the exiles, which in time did happen. Some never got to experience it. Some under Moses, died in the wilderness, right? They never saw the promised land. They never got in on the milk and honey. They missed it. Not everyone will get there. But the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. And it's only through the act of survival that we come to experience Grace upon grace. You know what grace means, your church, folks. It's unmerited favor. It is that which you do not deserve. It's like winning the lottery. Dexter, heads up. Dave Ashiro gave me a statistics calendar one every day, 365 stats for the year 2020. Your chances, my friend, of dating a supermodel (laughs) are one in 880,000. It may not be in the cards for you, buddy, and somebody had to tell you Those who survived, those who found a way, by hook or by nook, survived, maybe hanging on to just the slightest thread. Those who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness. Grace in the wilderness. Grace seems an odd, uh, odd thing to come to us in the wilderness, right? In the wilderness, we look for desolation. In the wilderness, we look at scarcity. But some, in the wilderness, found grace. Could it be that uh, your wilderness ends 2020? Could it be that uh, you turn the corner, that you've been waiting to turn and trying to turn for years in your life? Could it be that that which you considered impossible becomes possible in 2020? Could it be in your life that God does this year what only God can do? I'd like to invite you to make room for that in your life. I want you to clear out a little space. Maybe on a bookshelf, just leave a couple books off so that there's an empty space. And let that space remind you that you're leaving room for God to do in your life what only God can do. Maybe a blank spot on your dress or something that indicates that you're open to the possibility. I'm not going to make any promises. Because uh, this just in, I'm not God. Although this purple looks really nice on me, right? I'm not God. Here's the thing. Chapter 31 and verse 3. The Lord appeared to him. From far away, the Lord appeared. God showed up. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. I have loved you with an everlasting love. If there's only one thing I could convince you of in this uh, 2020 and there's not, I'm going like, to try to convince you of something every single week. But if there is one thing that I uh, would love to hammer home to you, it's that you are loved. And we look for that sense, right, from the people close to us, from originally mother and dad, and from siblings, and from spouses, and from our extended family, we look for that sense of being okay, that we are loved. And maybe we come out of childhood with it, maybe we don't. But the degree to which you didn't have it is going to increase your difficulty in receiving this verse 3 and, and just kind of living with it. You are loved with an everlasting love. It might bounce off of you like a ping pong ball, and uh, it might land with you. And my prayer for you is going to be that it lands and sometimes it only lands through repetition. Turn to the person next to you and tell them you are loved with an everlasting love. Look them in the eyes and say it. You are loved with an everlasting love, therefore I have continued my faithfulness to you. The love and faithfulness of God is what makes all of the difference in our lives. Same writer, Jeremiah, said in another collection of his entitled Lamentations, he said, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. God's love is a forever kind of love. And whatever it is that you've experienced in your life, good, bad, or indifferent in the love department is only a pale shadow of the beauty of God's love for you and faithfulness to you. Which means essentially that God is committed to you and wants the best for your life. And it might mean that what you need is a smack upside your head in order to help you understand what's good and right and kind for you. Sometimes love is like that, right? If I love you, I'm going to tell you the truth. God loves you. God cares for you. God is committed to your future in a way that no one else is. Think about the person in your life with whom you are closest, that one who's been with you through thick and through thin, that person that would never abandon you, never walk away, a parent, a spouse, a child, a sibling, a friend, a soulmate, whoever that person is, it's like that on steroids. That's how much God loves you. That's how much... God is committed to you, and that's God's faithfulness to you. And this God, the God that we're speaking about, the God that the prophet Jeremiah is, uh, is telling the folks about, is wanting to do something in your life. Wanting to restore you. I love the image that comes uh, from the prophet Joel. God says through the prophet, I will repay you for the years that the locusts have eaten. Meaning in our lives that we've missed out on some stuff, some good stuff. Maybe through our own devices. We've made bad choices. We've gone off the rails. Or maybe we've been victimized by other people in our life and they've done things to us that we had no control over. Maybe those who were supposed to love us and look out for us didn't do that. We've had bad things happen. And God says through the prophet Joel, look, I'm going to restore the years that the locusts have eaten. That's another image for you. I want you to take that home. What have you lost in your life? What are you losing? God says, I'm, I'm going I'm to. Fix that for you. I'm going to restore what's been taken from you. I want you to look for it in 2020. I want you to begin expecting it. I want you to make room on the shelf. Maybe, Maybe just take all of the books off of one of your shelves to make enough room for what God's going to do in your life in 2020. And just have an empty shelf sitting there. Empty means there's room. There is room for what the Lord might want to do. Verse 4, I will build you and you shall be rebuilt, O virgin Israel. You shall take your tambourines and go forth in the dance of the merrymakers. You shall plant vineyards On the mountains of Samaria, the planters shall plant and shall enjoy the fruit. Now, these are people that have been ripped from those same vineyards. And he says, you're going to come back and you're going to replant. And you're going to enjoy the fruit of the vine. You're going to be around to experience it. God says he's going to bring them back. Verse 8, back from the land of the north, gather them from the farthest parts of the earth. Among them the blind, the lame, those with child, those in labor, together a great company. They shall return here with weeping. They shall come and with consolation I will lead them back. God says I will turn your mourning into joy. Right? That's what it says in the Psalms, that weeping may may remain for a night, but joy comes in the morning. That's restoration. That's restoration. You can't see it. You can't do it. You can't accomplish it. You can't divine it or make it happen by some of your own devices. But God may be wanting to do in your life what you can't do. I love verse 10 Hear the word of the Lord nations and declare it in the coastlands far away He who scattered Israel will gather him and will keep him as a shepherd a flock The Lord is my shepherd I shall not want Right? He maketh me to lie down beside the green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. God tends our lives in a way that we can't. And I don't know about you, but I could use a little tending. There's broken parts and unhealed places. And there's hurts and there's disappointments and there's dreams that have been shattered And I need for God to come and do what only God can do. The Lord is my shepherd. And I need a shepherd. I need God to pastor me. That's what all of us need. So Psalm 23 takes us there. You can read it. You probably know it. You don't need to. The last image that I want to leave with you is found in verse 11 the Lord has ransomed Jacob has redeemed him from hands too strong for him. God has redeemed him from hands too strong for him. And I wonder where in your life you've gotten in over your head maybe recently, maybe in 2019 Where are you out of your league? Where do you feel like you're in a huge pond, sinking? And no matter how furiously you paddle, the shore appears ever more far away. That's That sort of thing, that's a God-sized situation. I have redeemed him from hands too strong for him. Where, where, church, where are you in over your head? What is your point of need? You see, you might not even know, and it might take you a little bit of time to figure that out, but I recommend that as a worthwhile exercise to figure out where you're overextended, where you're coming up short, where you need a little help, where you're failing, where you're insufficient. Where's that desert place? Because it's in that place that uh, The people found grace in that wilderness so not in our strength not in our not in our capacity that's what that's where we go astray we look for those places where we are kind of in fine form right like I've got this going for me this is all together in my life and I'm I'm clicking along on all cylinders. And I feel good about myself, right? I have self-confidence. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that thing that you don't talk about, that you don't look at, that you don't examine, that you don't brag to your friends about, right? Hey, guess what? I'm about to go bankrupt, right? Hey, you know what? I'm in a relationship that's tanking. It's going right down the tubes. <laughs> right? That Yeah, it's that kind of stuff that we don't even want to think about ourselves because we're afraid to go there. We're afraid to acknowledge it because it's too much for us, right? It's too powerful. And, and the prophet says, that God has redeemed him from hands too strong for him. Where you feel out of control. Most frightened. Most vulnerable. It might be at that place where God shows up. Wouldn't that be something? So no more, uh, no more head in the sand, all right? Let's face facts. Let's lay it all out. Put it all on the table. Maybe that's another visual for you. Do you have a table at your house? Put a bunch of stuff on there and sort through it. Yeah. Let that represent the fact that you sort of taking stock of what's going on in life here's what's great here's what's good here's what's tolerable and here's what scares the bejeebers out of me here's what I don't want to talk about and then invite God into that thing it feels scary we don't want to do that Because even with God, right? Like, even with God, we want to sort of dress ourselves up a little bit. And we might learn in this new year that that's not necessary. We never had to do that in the first place. Because God says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I've continued my faithfulness to you. Maybe... I'm always saying this. Maybe just take some time in the text for yourself. Don't let me be the only scripture that you get, what I say to you on Sunday morning. Because that's all I do, is I open it up, and I look at it, and I read it, and I think about it, and it becomes a part of my day, and it becomes a part of my prayer time, and my imagination time, and my zoning out time, and it just Jeremiah 31, it's yours, every bit as much as it's mine, every bit as much as it belonged originally to Israel's captives. I'd like to pray for you and I'd like to say this, I am unabashedly an optimist. Indefatigable optimism is inherent within me. I want to pass that along to you. No, no, I just, I want to, I want to kick out the walls a little bit. I want to to gently move the elasticity that kind of has you bound up. Just push out a little bit, stretch you, open a window to begin thinking about possibilities, what life might become for you in 2020. I would love for you to dream big. Why don't we dream big? Because then we'll never be disappointed, right? If I don't have any expectation, then I'm never going to be hurt. So I want to invite you to a little bit of vulnerability Put yourself out there. Ask in your prayer life, God, what? What's up? Sup? What do you want to do in my life? That's right. That's right. Let Let me take this moment to pray for you. God, it might be that we're like those uh, elephants that weigh like a couple, three tons and that are kept in place at the circus by a tiny little rope. Because when they were little bitty elephants, they pulled against the rope and, and couldn't get anywhere, so came to conclude that they never could. And now they have massive strength and they don't even try. God, what do you want to do in us, with us, through us? What are you wanting to restore in my life? Grant us courage to venture in expectation. Grant us a a willingness, an openness to see what we might not otherwise want to see. Let us be realistic. Let us be true. Let us be faithful. Let us understand, God, your love. Let it take root in us. Let us just know who you are and who we are in you. And when we see something amazing happen, we'll be careful to point out that you've done what we could never have done. Um.